your, your family. Your family are blessed because of your blessing. Your friends are blessed because of your blessing. And you walk in that kind of abundance. Claim that in Jesus. And that's the title to my message this morning. It's just called Blessed. Thank you, praise team. You guys can be seated this morning. You look good this morning. You look blessed this morning. I'm, I'm happy to see you here this morning. Once, uh, I come from a small church, uh, about 30 people, and um, one Saturday night, they decided to have a Saturday night service, and they said, why don't you get up, read a scripture, you know, give your testimony, and then sit down. And I said, oh, okay. So I, I show up there, and... Uh, just one person there, <laughs> and it was my cousin, it was me and my cousin, so what do you do in that situation, <laughs> so I got up there, and I, uh, I was standing there, and I was like, well, Lord, do I go ahead and read the scripture, and, or do I just, so I went ahead, my, my one cousin was sitting there, and I read a scripture, and I gave my testimony, and, and I think we left, and we got something to eat, or something like that, so you're looking good to me this morning, amen, this is the first time I preached on a, um, spoke on a Sunday morning, so um, I'm excited, I'm, I'm pumped to be here, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you're here and you're, you're looking blessed, all right? So in the scripture, Jesus gives us some advice on how to live blessed, things that um, you should have in your heart, things that you should carry with you on how to be, live blessed, and be blessed, and if Jesus gives the advice, I think it's something worth looking into, and so it's something that we should follow as much as we possibly can, and it's in um, the book of Matthew, and it's the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes, um, it almost sounds like you're in trouble, you know, he's got a Beatitude, but terrible joke, I make terrible jokes, but the meaning of it is just simply um, supremely, supreme blessedness is the meaning of it. Supreme blessedness. And if you're like me, anything supreme is just a little bit better. You know, if you, I don't know if you're like me or not, but if you go to um, Taco Bell, you can get a burrito. It's okay. But if you get the supreme, it's just a little bit better. It's got a little sour cream on there some, you know, tomatoes, onions, it's better. So if there's a supreme blessedness, that's what I want in my life, amen? Something supreme, just sounds better. Give me a scoop of that, amen? Um, so let's read Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start verse 4, and I'll give you a second. Those of you that have their Bibles can turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 4. Those of you that have your cell phones can use your apps. However, has any, will anyone admit that when you use your Bible app that you sometimes uh, are turning to the scripture and you check, your, you check your text message, but nobody can tell because you got the Bible app out and you're like checking your text messages. And no, you know, you got the app out. Nobody can tell. But I want you to know that the Lord knows. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord sees you. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 5. We're in the Beatitudes. 
And I picked the second one. There's eight ways here to live blessed. And you can study those, and they're really good. But I picked the second one, and I picked it because I read it, and I said, Lord, I do not understand this. Lord, give me wisdom here because I don't see, I don't understand how this could be blessed. So here we go. Um, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 4 says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I just don't see how that, um, the word blessed, which means favor of God, um, and mourn, which is, is talking about sadness and sorrow, can be in the same verse. And I prayed, Lord, show me how these, this can be in the same verse, because if I were to write the verse, I would probably write something like, blessed are those who, who smile a lot. Blessed are those who laugh a lot, and they shall be blessed. How could it be possible that those who are mourning are blessed? Um, but I've learned that not everybody that's, just because somebody that's smiling a lot, somebody that's laughing a lot, doesn't necessarily mean they're not mourning something. And we're good at this. We, um, we come to church, we get dressed up, and if you're a guy, when, when a brother asks you how you're doing, I've learned that he doesn't really want you to tell him how you're actually doing. So we do something like this, hey brother, how are you today? And you're like, I'm good, I'm real good. And you smile, and you laugh. Now, I don't know about um, the ladies, I think they actually talk <laughs> when when someone says, hey, how are you doing? They actually tell them, I'm not doing good at all, you know. <laughs> but that's what we do, and, and, and I don't know what else you can do. You know, when you're mourning something, you know, you know what you do? You, um, you wake up every day, uh, you, you go to work, you put your, your best, you know, face forward, and, and that's what we do. But just because we're smiling and, and, and things like that doesn't mean that we're not Mourning something. Um, and at times we all mourn things. If you live long enough, it's a fact of life. Um, it could be a loss of a job, some kind of loss in your life. But if you live long enough, you're going to experience mourning. Anyone have kids? If you have kids, you're probably going to experience mourning. We, um, we bought a nice minivan. It was nice. It was nice. And uh, the kids, you know, because when you have kids, it's nice. The doors slide open. It's great. Minivan. But kids are hard on a minivan. There is chocolate um, in the seats. I'm pretty sure uh, my little boy had a big gulp. You know what that is? A big soft drink full of that orange pop. Just And somehow, you know, the lid never stays on. So he's getting in the minivan. It pops off the whole gallon or whatever of orange pop down in the seat. There's chocolate of uh, M&M's in the vents. Um, I, I mourn my minivan every time I get in. <laughs> so there's my investment right there, you know. But if you live long enough, you're going to mourn something. It's just a, a fact of life. But I wrote, Jesus comes in the morning. Jesus was familiar with mourning. 
the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. You want to learn something today? You want to memorize something, guys? Hey, hey guys up in the balcony, how you doing? We're going to memorize a verse. Jesus wept. Shortest, shortest, you know. So he knew about, he knew about mourning. But isn't that mourning, I hate to say this, but isn't mourning required in life? Isn't it the mourning that draws us closer to him? Don't you pray a little harder when you're mourning something? Don't you, don't you war a little harder when you're mourning something? There's nothing, like, it's almost like you almost can't go to the throne room unless you've got a real need. And if you've got a real need, you can take that to God and war and take that to the throne room and read your scriptures and hang on to promises. It's that mourning that's required. Although we don't like to go through it, we want to be happy all the time. We want things to be great. But it's that mourning in us that draws us closer to God. And Scripture says if you draw close to God, He draws close to you. It's that mourning in us that, that draws us closer to God. And as I said, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. And He wept in the story of Lazarus when He was going to raise Lazarus back up out of the tomb. And I wondered, why did he weep? Because it said early on, he knew that, that Lazarus was going to rise up. So why did he weep? And I realized it was Mary, Mary, Mary and Martha that were hurting. And that's why he wept. He wept with them. I want you to know, in, in your times of mourning, you're not alone. The devil wants to make you think that you're off in left field somewhere, that God doesn't see you, that God's not close. But Jesus will come and mourn and go through it beside you and go through it with you. You are not alone because Jesus comes in the morning. Jesus comes to comfort us and go through it with us. In the, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, skip there a little bit. The book of Mark, chapter 4, it, Jesus had been preaching to the multitudes. And they were getting ready to head to the other side. They were getting ready to head to the other side to visit one crazy guy <laughs> that was living there in the tombs. And you, you know that the disciples had to think, we've hit the big time. There were so many people there in, in the beginning of the story that Jesus had to go out into the sea in a boat. Remember the story? He had to go out, and, and he was preaching to them, and it was, it was time for them to go, so they get in the boats, and they're headed to the other side. The disciples, I'm just speculating, had to think that um, we're going somewhere big, maybe the Colosseum, or, um, you know, we, we've just preached to the multitude. 
but the story goes to say that they were crossing the, the sea just for the one guy, and they had boat trouble on the way. You ever have car trouble? They were having boat trouble. If you've had a boat, you maybe have had boat trouble, but you know that it's not fun. All right, let's read the, let's read the scripture. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, and it says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we perish, that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. I'm going to stop right there. Do you ever feel insignificant? Like, um, you ever, you ever get in a large crowd and think, man, there are so many people. And you feel kind of um, insignificant, like almost like Jesus is too busy to, to mess with your, your problems. He's got bigger problems. He's got, you know, there, there's people out there with real needs. So why would he mess with my problem or, or people are, are more important than me? You know, the, the, the high up people are more important than me. And I read this part of the story just to let you know, when you're hurting, Jesus will leave the multitudes just for you. Just for you. Um, Jesus, when you're hurting and you're mourning, Jesus will brave a storm just for you, just for one, just for you. I love this about Jesus, that, that he, w he went from a crowd of thousands, and he's going towards one guy, one really messed up guy. He's heading for them. Jesus will head straight to you in your time of need. Jesus will even, and I think this made, should make the guy feel really important, Jesus will stop and yell at his disciples just for you, right? Remember he said, ye have no faith. They were scared of the story, ye have no faith. He will yell at his disciples just for you. Amen. So continuing on Mark chapter 5, we find this guy. Um, living in the tombs, he lived in the graveyard because he'd been, he's an outcast, outcast by his town. Um, scripture says he was uh, breaking, break his chains, they tried to chain him up. He was almost animal-like when I, when I read. And I usually kind of skip over the guy. I'm like, okay, flipping through, crazy guy, he read through the good part where he gets healed and move on. But I never stop to think about this fellow and it's almost like uh, when I read it, I think we've evolved past this. Like, uh, well, the devil did this to people back then, but he doesn't do it now. Um, but the devil had ruined this fellow's life, and he, the devil still does that today. We haven't evolved past this. Um, I would imagine um, he had family curses that he was probably born into, um, bad choices that he had made. And the devil took full advantage of this and ruined his life. And you know what? He had accepted that. The town had accepted that. He was the crazy guy that lived in the tombs. And that's the end of it. And that's the way it will probably always be. So let's read the story. Mark chapter 5. 
It says, then they came, I'm starting in verse 1 uh, through 5. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gardenians, I can't even say it, Gardenians, I don't know. And, we, and when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Neither could anyone tame him. Jesus came there just for this one really messed up guy. And I read this story just to say this. The devils of the past will keep you mourning the past. The devils of the past will keep you mourning, will keep you living in the tombs. But in the story, if you read it on through, his season was going to be over. His season of mourning was going to be over. And I fear, I fear, this is what I fear. This is, this is why I wrote the message. I fear that we'll get into a season of mourning, okay, whatever it is, something big, something small, right? We stay in that season for so long that we accept that that's just how it is. That's just how it's going to be. I can guarantee you this guy was in those tombs. He lived in the tombs for so long. He accepted that's just how it's going to be. That was his reality, his everyday life. And the same thing we do. We get in a pattern of mourning, and that's our, that's our everyday life. And then it's time for that pattern to end. It's time for us to move on. But yet, since we've accepted that reality, we keep going with it longer than we're supposed to. Longer than we're... Your reality is what you've accepted. Your reality is what you've accepted into your life. And sometimes you need to step back and say, no, no, no. I've done this before myself. No, no, no. I reject this right now in the name of Jesus. I no longer... My season of mourning is up. My season of healing is here. I reject this. I physically say it out of my mouth. I reject this. No. I know, I know mourning takes time. God's not in a hurry. I know it is. But at the end of the season, make sure, make sure that you take the time to heal as well. Ecclesiastes 3, uh, verse 1 says, it's talking about there's a season... For everything. And in verse 1 it says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the sun. And I know during your times of struggle that, you know, it doesn't always make sense. But God is up to something. God is doing something. God is making you stronger. We'll stick with him through it soon. That, that, that season will end. Scripture says, blessed are those that mourn because they shall be comforted. That means you will get some relief from the morning at some point. But in verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 4 says there is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. Don't forget 
take time to heal. Don't stay in a season too long. That's, that's my only fear. If you get nothing else out of this, don't stay in a season too long. And you know what? The Holy Spirit and the Lord can reveal to you, hey, you've mourned for this long enough. Let it go. Let it go. And let's move on and move on to something else. Okay. On a side note, this is kind of going sideways here. Don't forget to mourn for others. Because I feel like we get so busy with our lives. I feel like this is the busiest generation of all time. It's go, 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 go. And we don't take the time to pray for the small things. And we don't take the time to pray for others. One night, a few years back, I was driving through Bloomington. And I lived there my whole life. There's a nightclub if you... Um, drive through Bloomington on Saturday night. There'll be a nightclub open, and there's a crowd that comes out the door and wraps around the building just to get into those nightclubs. I drove past there, I don't know how many times. I don't pay attention, you know. But when I went past there that time, this time was different. Man, the Lord hit me. Ah, the Lord fell on me, and he said, do you mourn for them? And I'm not stereotyping anybody for going into the club. Hey, I know those are good people going to that club. I know those are sons and daughters. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm just telling you, the Lord said, do you mourn for them? Because I mourn for them. And I, and I began to pray. I began to pray, Lord God, reveal yourself to them in some way, somehow tonight. Oh, God, be with them. Show them, you know, reveal yourself to them and show them you. And I just want to make sure that your, our hearts are so tender to the Spirit when you're walking into Walmart and you see somebody in need, you know what, even though, I mean, I'm not saying walk up and grab them, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't pray for them. Not everybody has somebody to pray for them. I don't know if the Lord showed up in my prayer or not. I won't know till I make heaven, maybe. You won't get a pat on the back for that, for praying for people that you don't even know, for proclaiming a word over them, people that you don't even know. You won't get a pat on the back, but maybe someday the blessing will be in the souls. Maybe some, God just needs to be asked to move on somebody. And you're that person that can ask God to move on that, on that person. You don't need to see the outcome. But I want you to know you're more powerful than you think you are. And when you pray, God listens. And God answers those prayers. And so don't forget, don't forget to mourn for others. Don't let your heart become so numb to the world that you don't pray for it. And the Holy Spirit at times can just prompt you to pray for that person, prompt you to pray for that family, and, and mourn for those that are less fortunate than you are. There's a type of mourning that comes when you don't know Jesus Christ. The, the heart um, pines for things that God has not yet given we can, take, we can take advantage of the fact that we're blessed. You've been, you've been walking with Jesus Christ for a while, but can you remember back to the days when you weren't? I can. Can you remember back to the days before you knew Jesus Christ as your Savior? I can. And I know what? In my spirit, I was mourning. Didn't, probably didn't recognize it, but I was mourning. Why? Because with Jesus comes peace and joy and love and understanding. And before those days, you don't have that yet. 
And when you don't have that yet, your spirit mourns for something. I, don't, I, don't, I can't explain it, but your spirit wants to be with God. I don't know if it's because God created your spirit, but it mourns to be with God. Why should you mourn for others that don't know? Why should you mourn for the lost? Because they don't have that in, in their lives and you do. And so it's almost like when you see them, you're like, ah, oh, I know what they need. I know that they need peace and joy and love in their lives. And so take a moment, mourn for them, and say a prayer for them. The devil wants to come into our lives, and this has happened to me, and say that your mourning is your punishment. It's your punishment. You're going through life. You're not happy all the time. You've got problems. That's your punishment. And so now, not only do you have mourning, but you have uh, guilt and shame to go along with it. And so you're just walking through life carrying this weight because you're mourning something and you feel like you deserve it. Um, and that's your, that's your punishment. And I want you to know, more, if you're mourning something, it's not your punishment. I want, you to, I want you to come out of that thinking that, you know, I did this and I did this and I deserve it. Come out of that thinking. Stop walking that way. If you're mourning something, it just means you're alive. It just means you're alive. Scripture says you're the fortunate ones. Scripture says if you're mourning, you're blessed by it. You're going to get relief from it. It just means you're alive. It's, it's, it's almost a, um, I won't say family curse, but maybe people walking through lives, they feel unworthy. Um, they, feel, they feel blamed and, and shamed of uh, things in the past. The devil will never um, forget to bring up things in your past. He don't forget. You know, God forgets your sins, uh, but the devil doesn't. He'll bring them back up to you and just keep them. You feel, you feel shamed like you're being punished and you're mourning because you feel like you're being punished. But, you're, but you need to come out of that type of thinking and say, you know what, I'm going through this, I'm mourning this, but I'm blessed. I'm blessed by it. Thank you, Lord, for the things um, that you've given me in my life. Thank you for the many blessings. I know that you'll walk through, you know, we'll walk through this together. Um, blessed, blessed are those for they shall be comforted. They shall be relieved. Second Corinthians 3 and 7. It's my last scripture. Second Corinthians, and you probably know this verse. It just says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, my version says there's liberty. Some versions say there's freedom. And for some people, your season of mourning is coming to an end. And the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Just because you're mourning doesn't mean you need to be bound by anything. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's, my, that's the goal of this message. I know you're going to mourn something. I know you are. I, I'm going to mourn something. That's one thing. But to be bound by it, that's, that's a whole other thing. 
the Spirit of the Lord is going to go with you after this meeting, you're going to be free from that. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I want to share one more thing with you. In the Old Testament, there was a name for God, and it was Jehovah Rapha, if I say it right, Jehovah Rapha. And it stands for, in the Hebrew, it means, I am the God that healeth thee. And I like to look up, um, in the youth group, I got used to looking up the Greek meaning. And I don't want to change the meaning of the verse or anything like that. I just try to get back to the original, and sometimes it gives a perspective on the verse, or on the, on the word that you're looking up. And so I, I looked it up in the, the Greek meaning, I am the God that healeth thee. And there's a reference to the word healeth. And it's telling you what kind of, of healing it's talking about. And it actually refers to a type of stitching that they did back in biblical days. When a garment got torn, they would uh, stitch it back together in a certain way. Um, and the meaning means something that has been torn and is being stitched back up in such a way that is stronger than the original. And that spoke to me. Oh, I'm the God that healeth thee. Listen, when you go through things in your life, it, it tears you apart. But if you stick with Jesus Christ through it, he begins to stitch us back up. And when you're torn apart, you know, joy and peace can get poured in, but it doesn't stay there long. It, it spills back out because we've been torn apart. But if you stick with God long enough, he begins to stitch us back together. And I love the part that says, and the, the end result is stronger than the original. go, if you stick with God through this, you're going to be stronger than the original. Amen. You'll be able, you, you'll not have to stand through this again. You'll be stronger. Me and my wife um, came out of a, a little church and, and they didn't mean to, but we were wounded bad. We were hurt. I, I was wounded and hurt. I, I was tore open. And it took me couple years to get back on my feet from that but God let that happen for a reason and he was stitching me up and the end result is much stronger than the original we don't take offense anymore we let that go and I prayed actually looking back I actually praise God for it but at the time we were wounded listen stick with God through this time of mourning He's going to stand you up. You ever been, felt like you're just down in the mud almost, and God is standing you back up? The wind has been taken out of your sail, but sometimes you have to dust off. Stand back to your feet and let God do something in you. Let, let God do a work in you. I just want to pray a, a prayer over you this morning. pray that family curses are released. I pray that you begin to walk in a whole new light. Just bow your heads with me. You begin to walk in a whole new light. Although I'm mourning through this, God is with me. God is my healer. 
God is standing me back up. Slowly but surely, I will get back to my feet. Slowly but surely, I will stand back up again. God will strengthen me. God will pour his blessings on me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I release this anointing right now. God, you're breaking off strongholds right now, God. God, you're breaking family curses right now. There's people that have walked in mourning their whole lives. I break that right now. I pray that you see things in a whole new light. God, show them their lives for what they really are. Show them that you will leave the multitudes just for them, that they are special. They are unique. They, they are made in the image of God. I break it right now in the name of Jesus. I break, I break a season of mourning that has gone on for too long. I pray that that mourning is gone and that you start to feel the joy that comes with knowing Jesus Christ. I, I pray that you're stitched all the way up. Peace and joy goes with you. And each day you walk, you get just a little bit stronger. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. God, I pray for your healing touch right now in the name of Jesus. Everyone says amen. Can we give him a hand clap right now? Because he's done something for somebody. Can we praise him right now?
His presence goes with you. Take His presence with you. with us I just we appreciate you coming we we just want to honor you and there's a there's a card in the seat in front of you and if you fill that out take it out to our guest center we have a gift um, just for you and I want you to know I I appreciate everyone that came out today just to um, be with us support the church um, during this time of uh, um, searching for a new pastor and just supporting the church I'm so thankful and um, let's pray that the presence of God that's in here, the Holy Spirit that's in here today, is you know with you through, throughout your week. I know you get out on your jobs, you get out in your workplace, things are different. But take His presence with you. Take that Holy Spirit with you. I, I do funny things when when I am on a job. I pray God, you be in this job. Sometimes I pray over the equipment, the trucks. God, let this truck go a million miles. <laughs> I pray over the workers. God, let my blessing spill over into their families. And I can look around and I can tell that you're blessed. God's hand 